I started writing Food for the Archons as a book of despair after watching my father die in 2013. During his transition, I experienced a series of paranormal and psychic events that left me feeling that I had either gone completely crazy or fell into humanity's darkest secret. I spent the next five years conducting extensive research, and I quickly learned that what I had experienced was real. My journey brought me to an understanding that showed me that despite the terrifying reality of an unseen predator, we as humans have a forgotten power. Just knowing this brings us tremendous hope in what once seemed a dark reality. I wrote this book for me in hopes of gaining a better understanding of our reality and relationship to it, but my hope is that you will find as much value in reading it as I did in writing it. I am human, food for the Archons, humanity's psychic connections, simulated realities, parallel worlds, and the manipulation of mankind. It's available on Amazon.com and at SixthSenseMedia.net and wherever books are sold. I'm Dennis Nappy II, reminding you to let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. But there's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. We're all facing some difficult or challenging choices at this stage in the game. Which direction do we go in? Which data do we follow? It can be quite confusing and quite overwhelming. Hello, Truth Seekers. Dennis Nappy II here, back on the air. Today is Monday, July 20th, 2020. I'm a few days behind where I want to be, but I think it's very important I get out there and talk with you. I've had some wonderfully insightful experiences over the last week. Some have been pretty profound. I want to share some of that with you in hopes that you'll take some of what I share and be able to incorporate it into what you're going through and the choices that you're currently trying to make and will probably be faced with in the future. I'm going to forego the news just because I'm going to ramble a little bit today because I want to talk about some of these things that, uh, that are going on. Where to begin? At the end of every single show here, I close with a saying, let your intuition be your guide. And that has been a guiding light, a guiding voice, a guiding principle throughout most of my life, listening to my gut. And I remember there was a time when I felt that I was getting too much intuitive data from people around me. I was starting to see people that I respected and cared about and seeing them in a different way based on the feelings I was getting and I decided I'm going to shut it off and I kind of shut down and ignored my intuition for a while and it was like losing my sense of sight I, it was it was rough um, you don't always like the information that your intuition gives you but it will lead you where you need to be even when that information is difficult and upsetting now I woke up uh, last weekend, and I was in a funk. I mean, I was horribly depressed and then exhausted, and I wanted to do nothing. I had zero motivation to do anything. I just wanted to lay in bed. I, even when I get depressed, which happens, you know, periodically for me, because I struggle with it, I can still get up and function. I can still get stuff done. And I literally just went back to bed, and I'm laying in bed, and I'm like, man, I don't want. I'm just feeling sorry for myself. 
And my wife said, go for a run. And I felt like crap. I couldn't, I didn't feel like, I didn't even feel like I had the energy to walk to the kitchen. So I got, I got changed, put on my running shoes. And I figured I'm probably just going to run like a quarter mile, turn around and walk home because I just felt like crap. I put some music in and I started running. And as I'm running within the first half mile, that funk started to go away. And I started to feel a little bit better. And I connected with something that I haven't felt in a long time. And it was a, an intuitive pull. Now, if you've read Food for the Archons, I have a chapter about communicating with nature. Years ago, I spent a lot of time trying to understand the communication process within me and what I was able to communicate with. I want to talk about communication quite a bit on this show. And I tried to communicate with nature. And I'll give a quick summary of what's in the book, but basically, I'd go to one spot in the woods, I'd meditate, and I'd set an intention for whatever problem I was facing, because that was a rough summer. And I'd ride my bike to another spot. Uh, I was in, at, at the end of the woods. And every single time that I did this meditation, there would be a different animal or critter or creature sitting there waiting for me every time. And the animals I encountered were magnificent. And then I'd go home and I'd research the meaning of those animals as spirit guides. And they always addressed the challenges I was facing at that point in time. And it was incredible. And that taught me to find a certain voice where I learned to listen to it. And it led me on some incredible journeys when I would just say, you know what? Which direction is this pulling me? I'm going to walk until I find what, it, what this voice wants me to see. Or I'm going to drive until I get to where I need to be right now. Because I was open to it. And it was incredible. And I talk a lot about it in the book. I felt that voice calling me. And I had two feelings. The first one was, you know, I, I knew I had some kind of energetic attachment, either a drain on my energy or an actual parasite, maybe one of the archons. Something was going on with me and I felt it. I needed to get rid of it. So I felt a pull to get into the woods and be surrounded by nature and walk through nature because that is one way to cleanse our energy. And I felt an even bigger pull to submerge myself in running water. The day before we had, I think, the tropical storm come through. We had a ton of rain. And I knew of a trail that led into the state game lands that took you deep into the woods. And way back, probably about a mile, mile and a half in, there's a creek that would probably be flowing pretty good. And I just, I felt it calling to me. You want to get rid of this? You want to feel better? Get to the creek. So I ran probably at a mile, mile and a half to get to the woods at the edge of my community, and I entered the woods. Now, these woods, they're dark. It's an old pine forest. It's swampy. It's boggy. And a lot of trees had fallen over across the trail. So I entered this trail, and it's dark, and I'm, I'm winded because I was running hard. No longer feeling depressed. Now I'm feeling literally scared because I, this voice is calling me into the darkness. And there's a lesson to be learned in that. And as soon as I hit the trail, I look down and I see a red newt. It's a red salamander. Bright, or they're, they're not red, they're bright orange. When I was a kid, these things were everywhere. Now, over the last, I'd say, 20 years, I'm lucky if I see one or two per summer. That's it. They've just, they, they're, their species is on the decline. I don't see them anymore. I think because we've had an increase in the feral cat population up here, they eat them. 
So I, I get on the trail and I see this newt sitting on the trail and I walk over and I pick it up. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And I look further down the trail and I see another one and then another one and then another one, all lining this trail. So I get moving and moving. I counted well over 25 of them leading me down the trail, calling me into the woods. It was just like that experience I had before. Nature was communicating with me again, saying, welcome back, follow me in. Now again, the trail was completely underwater. It was boggy, it was swampy. Fears running through me. Are there snakes in here? Are there ticks? Are there big spiders? You know, the grass was tall. I mean, it was it was a rough, mucky, gross trail. But I felt that pull to get to the creek and submerge myself in it. And the fear kept coming up of everything that could... I mean, this is uh, there's bear where I live. There's mountain lions. And there's wild dogs. I had all these thoughts that kept popping in. And that's the spiritual journey right there. And it's a metaphor for what we're going through right now. We can focus on the fear and that slows us down and sometimes it stops us and it changes direction. Or we can focus on what our intuition is telling us. Now, sometimes that intuition is a whisper. Sometimes it screams at us. And mine was screaming. But why was it screaming? Because I opened myself to listen to it. Because the problem is, a lot of times, our intuition contradicts what our logical mind tells us. Our brain says, that's weird. That's not right. That's not safe. That's dangerous. Don't do that. Our heart and our gut will tell us, I need to do this. I create this. I know it doesn't make any sense, but I have to do it. Which are you going to listen to? Most of the time, unless you're used to this, our minds win. And we miss an experience. We miss the call of something divine. And the experiences that I've had from listening to that, I think, number one, we are all capable of having them. But I think if we were to write them all down and put them in a book, it would read like the Bible. I'm not saying it's a new religion here. I'm saying there's spiritual experiences. People in the Bible had divine encounters with divine energies or divine intelligence or divine consciousness, and they recorded it because we are all capable of experiencing that communication. Now, it's scary because it's uncomfortable. It's scary because it forces us to do things that scare us. But it is in those moments of fear that we're reminded of how wonderful it is to be alive. So I was scared, but I was excited. And I'm walking through and the, and the swamp's getting deeper and I'm going through it, I'm going through it. And, and for the record, I have this whole thing documented in a movie that I made. It's about 18 minutes long. It's up on YouTube. I'll have the links in the show notes. I, I didn't expect to get so many positive comments about it. I thought like, dude, you weirdo, you filmed yourself walking through the woods and, and narrating the experience. I got a lot of really good feedback. So thank you to everybody that watched it. So I encourage you to check it out. I, I think it's very um, informative and, and helpful if you're going through some of this stuff or if you're searching for an experience like this, being alone in the wilderness. That's a common spiritual theme. It's a common part of a spiritual journey. I used to do it all the time. I used to go get lost in the middle of the woods. And when you get lost like that, 
that's when you find yourself. That is when you hear your voice. So I made it back to the creek and the water was flowing pretty good. And I was terrified to get in there because the bottom was all mucky and I didn't have shoes, like I didn't have water shoes, so I had to go on my bare feet. And I'm sitting there thinking like, all right, it's, I hate that mucky bottom. Is there gonna be like a, a snake in there? Is there gonna be a snapping turtle that's gonna bite me? Did somebody throw a beer bottle in there and there's broken glass in there? Like all these things start going through my mind. I said, I gotta do this, I gotta do it. So I filmed it and I got in on, I found a spot that was pretty clear to enter. And I, I waded into the water and there were roots sticking out of the ground in here. So I grabbed a root and I just held my breath and I went under. And for a moment, I was blinded by fear. I was terrified. And then I got this dizzying feeling and I felt the cool water just overtake my body. And I it almost felt like an out of body experience. Like I just started to float. And I felt the energy moving through that creek pull off that negative funk that was attached to me, that energetic attachment or that parasite. And it was the most liberating, freeing experience. It healed me because what I had going on was an energetic issue. And I did it. I submerged myself three times and it was wonderful. Uh, it, it reconnected me with nature, with my intuition, with that signal line, with that source, with that power, with that divine that exists within all of us and all around us. It brought me back to it. And I realized right now we're being bombarded. We are under attack. It's spiritual attack. It's spiritual. I don't like to use the term warfare. But our energy is under attack from natural forces, from man-made forces, from spiritual forces. And it's most of it's coming through our phones. It's coming through the media and scaring the heck out of all of us. And it's coming off of all of us, myself included. I put this, this stuff out there. I put that energy out there because there's scary things that are going on. And I've said it time and again, unplug. And sometimes that's hard to do. But this needs to be a priority just as much as every other priority that we have. And I've been warning about this for a long time. For the last couple of years, I've been saying, do the work now. Do the inner work because your intuition may be your only link into what's really going on, into what choices to make because you can't trust what you see out there. So maybe you're like me feeling overwhelmed and stressed and you need to to disconnect and cleanse yourself. Get out in nature. Submerge yourself. Listen to your gut, whatever it's telling you you need to do. Be safe. But listen to it. Because right now we're being bombarded and overwhelmed. And I strongly suspect, based on my work with the crypto viewing team and my own internal analysis on what I'm seeing going on in the world, I think we're in for some more challenges. Some probably pretty significant. And that's a vague statement. And I'm going to keep it vague right now. Because we're in this journey right now. And we have choices to make every single day. And those choices are scary. And those choices can be overwhelming. But I think there's a very big tool that we often neglect when we get hit with that fear. And that's our intuition. We need to step back, disconnect to reconnect. And I think we can find the guidance 
that we need. Meditate more, get out there and refresh and unplug from the fear stuff. It's so important right now because of everything else that's going on. Speaking of which, I had a, um, my son is turning, you know, he's having a birthday tomorrow and we had a get together, a gathering. He's going to be eight. And we had some of our friends who have children, you know, I don't even say friends, family. I mean, that's how close we are with, with some of our friends. And they came up to celebrate and they spent the whole day here, you know, and the kids, there's a ton of kids here, not a ton, a decent amount of kids here. And they just played. And it was so beneficial. And I was so happy to see my children interacting with the kids that they love. And I realized how important that is. And I, I looked at everybody and, every, you know, we had we had some drinks and we just sat around and we laughed and we talked. And I just felt the energy there was like, man, we needed this because we've been so shut off from each other and so afraid of everything that we lost one of our most important aspects of this existence. And that's the connection with the people that matter to us. And I felt, I felt the healing and I felt the significance of this day. And I'm not going to lie. I had about five mini panic attacks because I started thinking about pandemic. Oh my gosh, we're seeing people. Uh, our kids are playing together. They're not social distancing. Nobody's wearing a mask. I had a few of those moments where I freaked the hell out in my head. And then I looked around at the value that this bought, that this provided us with, that this gave my kids. It's important. That's all I can say is it's important. And we spoke, you know, to our friends and, and we decided like, look, we're going to be continue to be cautious with our interactions but we are extending our family circle to include each other so we don't have to isolate from one another. We're going to take that risk because community is important. And I'm going to stress in the coming months, your tribe is what's going to carry you through this. So we need to have those conversations. It's important. And I struggle with having those conversations because I, you know, personally here, I know I can be intense. I know I can be dark. I know I can feel like I'm out there. And, and you know, I had a beautiful experience with my friends. I always feel like the crazy one. I just feel like nobody listens to me. Nobody wants to hear what I'm saying within my circle. And I end up feeling like an outcast. And I realized some of that is in my head because two of my friends, a married couple, they told me that they listened to my show and I, I had no idea. And I was so touched that they told me that they listened to the show. And, and I was laughing too, because they were telling me how they, they turned it into a drinking game. And I felt like such a celebrity at that point. Um, <laughs> not why I designed the show, but it was pretty cool to hear, to hear that. Um, but it really, it really moved me and it, and it made me realize that the information we talk about is seems like it's out there, seems like it's different, but there are a lot of people who are aware of what's going on. A lot of people within our own circle, but the challenge is we don't talk about it because it's uncomfortable, because it's weird, because it's different. 
I guess what I'm trying to say is I think there's more open-minded people than we realize. And sometimes we put ourselves in that box because we expect nobody to listen to us. We expect that nobody is vested in this like we are. And sometimes that might be the truth. But I, I can't express my gratitude for learning that my friends listen to the show. Um, it meant the world to me. And the fact they had a couple of drinks while they were doing it, <laughs> I think that was even cooler. So um, I own for that. That was awesome. All right, let me get off my little soapbox here. We'll talk about a few more things. Um, just remember, it's it's important. Plan for the worst right now. I know everybody's looking hopeful, like, are we going to go back to school? Is everything going to be fine? Is everything going to be over? I've stopped setting those milestones. I know that someday things are going to get better. But my expectation right now is that we are going to go through some very hard things first. And those hard things are going to last, I'd say, a couple of years. That's where my head is. I'm not afraid of that. That's my expectation. And now my job is, how do I make these next couple of years the best possible experiences for me? There have been a lot of opportunities right now that I see coming up. We can look at this as a worst case scenario. This is horrible. We can look at this as a major opportunity for growth. Now, last week I talked about our perception being our reality. Do we have a choice in what reality we're going to experience? And I have to wonder about that. If we have this, if there's multiple times, and again, I go into detail on this in my book. Now, if you haven't read it, it, it's in there talking about multiple realities, multiple worlds, the matrix, all that stuff that's out there. But what if it's our, what if we have, you know, if Schrodinger's cat, the cat's both dead and alive and everything in between in that box until we open it and choose which, which reality we're going to perceive. If that's a true model for what's going on, if there are multiple timelines in existence, that means that I've made every possible, I've chosen to do this show, I've chosen to do this show different, I've chosen not to do this show, and every other possibility there. At some level, we make a choice. And what if that choice shifts our perception, our awareness, to another timeline? What I'm trying to say is, we, have a t we may have a timeline that leads us through this pandemic that is hell on earth. But what if there's also that timeline that is the grand awakening of everybody and life gets better from this. We learn from this. We grow from this. And what if all it takes is our intention and our perspective and our belief there's a certain formula to that. Don't get me wrong. But what I was getting at last week is if you're looking for the bad, you're going to see the bad. If you're looking for the good, you're going to see the good. What if that's even more powerful? What if we can actually shift into another reality, another timeline that's better than the one we're on, and we won't even feel that shift? We interpret that as, well, I manifested what I wanted, which we also know is possible. We manifested what we wanted through that, through visualization, through intention, through belief, through practice. 
What if we're actually shifting our consciousness into that other timeline where things go a lot better? It's all in what we focus on. Now, that's difficult because there's scary stuff happening out there. So we need to be careful in how we consume that, digest that, process that, and then redisseminate that. But I wonder, I've had those thoughts about this reality that we exist within right now. Can we choose to experience something better? I was talking to some friends in the remote viewing community, and there's some technology that's coming out that's linking the brain to the computer. And they were wondering if this will enhance remote viewing capabilities. It was kind of how the conversation started. And I've covered this before with Elon Musk and and Neuralink uh, and how they're doing this. And I suspect what we're going to see once these chips are integrated into people's brains, we're going to see an ability that mimics remote viewing. Remote viewing, you go through a set of procedures and you collect data on a target anywhere in space and time. I can go forward, I can go backwards, and I can learn about anything. Anything that's been presented so far anyway. Now, what I suspect is that we are connected to a, I'll put in air quotes, natural Wi-Fi system. We are already connected to a network, to an internet, where we can go gather information. But our router, our processor, doesn't work so well. It takes a lot of work to strengthen our signal to tap into that flow of information, to consciously tap into that flow of information. We're receiving information all the time. That information, I suspect, also influences our thoughts, our feelings, and ultimately our behavior. When this chip goes in your brain, I think it's a recreation of what's already been done. But it's going to make people feel like they have the ability to remote view. Hey, tell me everything you can about Richard Nixon. Hold on. Click in your mind. Oh, okay. And you can start giving his date of birth, his location. You can get it. You can draw a picture of him. All this stuff. That's what remote viewers do. Is that a good thing? On its surface, yeah, there's a lot of benefits to that. Here's my fear. That process will distract us further from that natural signal line. Why is that significant? Because now we're losing our connection to the divine. That voice will get even quieter. And the experience I had going through the woods, finding that creek, that flowing creek, that healed me of an energetic attachment. This new AI may not have that guidance. It won't have that natural guidance. So we're losing, we're putting ourselves a layer deeper. If you think of reality, and the Gnostics even talked about this, as a series of Russian dolls, we are already in a world, within a world, within a world, I don't know how many layers down. So for us to connect with the source, the base reality, we have to go through ours, and then the one above it, and then the one above it. We got to go all the way up. And there's, that's even mentioned in the Bible. And that's a teaser for my book, because I, I really went into that. But there's a lot of 
layers to this. So as we're creating these other realities, we're putting ourselves deeper when we're really trying to ascend higher and achieve that escape velocity. We don't want to lose that connection with that voice. All right, one more thing I want to share, and I was hesitant to share it because it's it's really personal. Some of it I'm going to leave out just because of the personal nature of it. But I think there's some important lessons here that maybe we can all learn from. It's a question about time, other realities, and what happens after we die. I've explored this in several podcasts. I've talked about Bob Monroe's work. I've talked with Alyssa Laughing Rain about her experiences with soul retrieval. I talked to our friend Shelly, the astral projection, projection avatar. And we've learned that different realities exist and we're able to experience those realities. And at times we're able to occupy the physical body of another and let our consciousness experience the world through their perceptions. Sometimes with full control, sometimes with just a little bit of awareness. I wonder if that's what was happening to me when I felt drained that day. If I had something that was not good for me trying to experience and influence my reality. I suspect that that is highly possible. I've talked to you guys about really what motivated my journey doing what I'm doing now, and it was my father's death. It was a horrible experience. It showed me a lot, and it brought me to where I am right now. And For that, I'm thankful. Obviously, I wish I had my father. We received communication from my father and are trying to figure out exactly what it means. Someone who we hadn't seen in a while, that's a member of my family, found an artifact from my dad. And in that artifact, there was a symbol that was in that was intentionally placed it was a, it was not connected to the artifact it was placed in the artifact that symbol did not become significant to our family until after my father died it became a symbol of my father after he died this artifact was created with this symbol over 20 years ago, long before my father died. So it makes you wonder. And it was no doubt a message from my dad. So then you have to ask yourself, obviously my father didn't know he was going to die in the way that he died. He didn't know that this symbol was going to be significant to us 20-some years later. Why did he write it? Why did he create that symbol back then? And we've never seen it since, until after he died. 
Why did that happen? Did my father die and then traverse time from our perspective and go back 20 plus years and influence himself to create this artifact with that symbol as a message for today? Did the universe simply influence him back then to create that artifact with that symbol for us to interpret today? It makes you wonder about the different possibilities of reality. Did another timeline that's currently at that point in existence create this artifact and then somehow transcend into our timeline to give us this message? There's so much we don't understand about the nature of our reality. And that is empowering because right now I think there are infinite possibilities. We may be looking at what's going on now with despair. We need to remember this is opportunity. This is our moment to connect to create that marker in time and transcend. I've seen the evidence of it. I've seen the proof that there's more. I know there's more. I know we're all capable of more. What are you doing with your power? I got lost in the fear for a long time during the beginning of this pandemic. I can't say it won't happen again, but this experience that I've shared today, all these experiences I've had over the last week alone, I hope are enough of a reminder to carry me through what may be coming for us. And I hope that all of you can take something from this and find empowerment in my experiences as I share them with all of you. And I'm going to leave you with that, my friends. I hope that this communication finds you well, safe, healthy, and happy. And I'll have more to share on the next episode of The Secret Podcast. I'm Dennis Nappy II with Sixth Sense Media and The Secret Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning, keep an open mind, and let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. Thank you.